This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. The following is brought to you by Rabbi Yehuda Shane, who is the administrator of the Kashrus Anytime, which is a division of the Kosher Consumers Union, a 501c3 organization. We'll be addressing different issues at this time, not the whole thing about Kashrus, but basically if you still want to eat strawberries and blueberries and sushi and figs, uh, we'll address that basically at the end of this. Now we're going to basically address a different type of issue, which is important, was if you get involved in a motor vehicle accident. One of the most important things is, we got for accident, for tickets, for everything else, is to have your own dash cam. And the dash cam you have should also have which uh, a reverse camera to see the back, but basically what you should use it is for it to face inwards to show that the driver was not on a cell phone. For it's very common for police to give tickets for even when somebody was eating a Danish or he was fixing his payers or he was scratching his head. Anything that he had in hand movement, even though he had no cell phone in the car and he showed the officer there was no cell phone in the car, etc. They give a ticket and it is very, very problematic tickets. The easiest way is when you have the proof of a dash cam. It'll prevent a lot of proofs that you would need for accidents, for a lot of other things, for tickets, for going through a red light, for speeding, for everything else. So let's go through a little bit of you were involved in the accident. The first and foremost item to do is to check is anyone hurt, whether in your vehicle, other vehicle, anything else. If someone is hurt, call immediately for an ambulance or police before anything else. Shut off your engine. If you're able to get out of your car safely, not on the side of traffic, check all directions first, then leave your car and get over to the side of the road. Survey the area, take pictures of the scene, pictures of the damage, pictures of all vehicles involved. A very, very key thing is to check if there are any witnesses, get their names, their phone numbers, and addresses. Also, likely if you could find out what they've seen, etc., etc., if it's for your benefit, not for your benefit, depending on what it is. Many times the police do not check for witnesses, and not only they don't check for witnesses, they really don't care about the witnesses. They want to make a decision of what they've seen, how they determine happened, and what their imagination tells them how they could give tickets, how they could confuse the issues, and basically the judge will always say that the officer is right, he has his experience, he has his, etc., etc. So one of the most important things is always, always check for witnesses. Try to remember what happened. It's perfectly all right to tell the police when they ask you what happened, say, officer, I'm sorry, I am shook up, and I don't remember at this time exactly what happened. Make sure you say at this time, so later when you do remember and you bring it up, it's not going to have that he happened to have on his recorder or anything else like it. You said you don't remember. So make sure you say, I don't remember at this time exactly what happened. At times, one or more parties will receive a ticket for careless, reckless, tailgating, following too closely, not yielding. There is a very big difference between those. In New Jersey, I'll address it mostly in New Jersey and we'll take it over with the, the different states. Careless is a two-point ticket. Reckless is a five-point ticket. Careless is quasi-criminal. Reckless is a criminal charge. Tailgating is a five-point ticket. Following too closely, not yielding, is a two-point ticket. 
Just because someone was in an accident doesn't mean that the driver is guilty of careless driving, especially when one vehicle is involved. He went into a post, he went into the guardrail, he slipped off the road. Any of those things doesn't mean that the driver is guilty of careless driving. There was a the New Jersey appellate court decision. You should have a pencil and paper. Write down State versus Wenzel, W-E-N-Z-E-L, which appears in uh, the appellate court decisions, uh, book number 113, New Jersey Super, page 215, which was a 1971 decision. It was not overturned. It's State of New Jersey, Plaintiff Responded versus James T. Wenzel. A municipal court, the defendant was found guilty of careless driving, which is called a 97, but it's actually is a 39-4-97. In the municipal court, the fine, $15 and $5 court. Don't forget it was 1971, so the court, the thing is much, much lower. The county court heard his appeal on the municipal court transcript and found him guilty and imposed the same penalty. Then he went and he appealed it to the New Jersey Appellate Court. The, the trooper was the state's only witness. He testified that on May 8th, 1969, it's very important for me to give you these details so you know how to analyze it and realize what it is if you want the same sign situation happening in Europe. He was driving a tractor trailer, entered a construction area on Route 78 in Jackknife. The tractor and trailer became disengaged. The tractor crossed into the opposite lane, striking another tractor-trailer broadside. There was an explosion, and the driver of the struck tractor was fatally injured. The trooper testified that before defendant entered the construction area, there were 12 signs warning of potential hazards ahead, and that the roadway where the accident took place was very narrow, limited to single lane traffic each way. The road was slippery, but he found no skid or tire marks. The trooper did not see the accident, but said that two persons who did see the accident told him that Jack the trailer had jackknife. He added that the area was dangerous when wet. You know, jackknife, that's all they saw, but they really didn't see that he was doing anything careless. Defendant moved for judgment of acquittal. Municipal judge denied the motion and found the defendant guilty, noting that an otherwise unexplained jackknifing in a construction area with warning signs and reduced speed limit is an indication of failure of the defendant to use due caution and circumspection. The county court judge, after finding a fact, concluded that the state had proved violation of statute beyond a reasonable doubt. It's very important to know those things. That one was beyond a reasonable doubt. In doing so, he relied on the doctrine of Mockler versus Russman, which is civil negligence and stating, having the benefit of only the trooper's testimony, the court holds that the circumstances herein, particularly the unexplained, unusual occurrence of jackknifing of the tractor trailer and crossing the highway, permits this court to supply the doctrine as set forth in 79 ALL. Prosecution for motor vehicle violation is considered quasi-criminal proceeding. And the state has this burden of establishment all elements of the offense beyond a reasonable doubt, as it appears in State v. Sesto. Taking the evidence in light most favorable to the state, see State v. Race, 
it appears that on a wet roadway in a construction area marked by a dozen signs warning of danger, defendant's vehicle, according to the trooper's hearsay testimony, jackknifed and crossed into the opposite lane and struck another vehicle. He didn't see it. That's why it's called hearsay. There is, he's, he's saying over what he heard from other people, and other people were not in court. There is no evidence that the defendant was speeding, or indeed that he drove carelessly or without due caution and circumspection, in a manner as to endanger or likely to endanger a person or property, which is the requirement of New Jersey Statute 39497, on which the state relies is critically distinguishable that the case involved an appeal from the Director of Motor Vehicles of the defendant's driver license and not a quasi-criminal proceeding. In a quasi-criminal proceeding, the burden of proof is much, much stronger than in a regular revocation of the defendant's license. Recipta is properly invoked in negligence actions where the proofs disclose that the offending instrument was in the defendant's sole control, that the occurrence bespeaks negligence, and there is no indication of contributory negligence. That means that he contributed to that negligence, or something contributed. In such circumstances, there arises a permissible presumption of negligence from plaintiff's proof, and defendant is required to come forward with an explanation that will refute the presumption and show that the accident did not occur by reason of his lack of care. The foundation of the rule is the policy of placing the onus of producing evidence on the party possessed of superior knowledge or opportunity for explanation of these circumstances. And basically, if the driver of the vehicle which was a burden on his on him to show why these things that he was not a contributory negligent in this case. So the the doctrine has no place in a criminal or quasi-criminal proceeding where the burden is totally on the state to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that defendant violated a penal or quasi-penal statute. The, 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 the onus is not on the driver to prove that he was not contributing negligence because this is a, a, a criminal or quasi-criminal charge. So it's the onus on the state to prove it, and if they can't prove it, so eliminating any benefit the state may have had from the improper invocation of the doctrine, we find that the evidence adduced by the state did not support the conviction beyond a reasonable doubt. So therefore, the appellate court overturned the decision of the municipal court and the county court. So people have to know, just because you got a, a ticket for such a kind of thing and you were not at fault, it happened, you slipped off the road, whatever else it is, there's no reason to admit or say whatever, I was tired, I was in a rush, or whatever. all those things is irrelevant, there's no reason to bring out those kind of points. It's the onus on the state to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that you are a contributory factor, and if not, you have what's called state versus Wednesday. As an ac at an accident scene with a pedestrian fatality, without a much of Shabbos, I arrived at the scene before the police. I located immediately two witnesses got their names, phone numbers, and their addresses, and I uh, got from them more or less the story, what they saw when the person was crossing the street, but he was a drunk, we were carrying the six-pack, and he was crossing the street, and when the car was coming up the hill and came over the, the crest of the hill, there was no way of anybody seeing him, and that's why he hit him. About two hours later, I received a call from a relative of the driver that the driver was arrested for manslaughter which was not consistent with the fact that I knew it from the witnesses I spoke to. 
I called the witness to ascertain if this police spoke to them at the scene. They responded that police had no interest in what they had to say, which is extremely, extremely common, that the police, they don't care of any of these things. They will decide what happened. They don't get names of witnesses. So it's important if you had a scene, whether you're the driver, you're a passenger, or you just happen to come onto the scene, get witnesses. The police did not take their names, their addresses, or phone numbers. I called them up and I had them come to the police and give their statement about the accident, and therefore the driver was released based on their testimony. That is why it's a very important reason to get witnesses on the scene. Check local establishments if any of them have outdoor cameras that you can check if it caught the accident. Be aware that most cameras may write over after seven days. It just keeps on, you know, it's, it's a, it's a long tape that basically after seven days it goes again to the beginning. So if you don't get it right away during the first seven days, you're just not going to have it. So you must contact them prior to that period. You should have a dash cam, and your dash cam should have what's called a collision mode, which will record a collision and lock it in to prevent new video from overriding the accident collision. It can be done. You just press a button that it's a collision, and it will lock that in in a save mode. Accidents must be reported to your insurance company, and state law requires the accident have a specific dollar amount of damage or personal injury to be reported to police as well. One can report it directly to the state without involving the police at all. Because when you involve it to the police at all, they don't know anything. They know we have to give tickets, whatever else it is. Which, not necessarily that it has to be a ticket, but you could report it. Online, there's a self-reporting accident form. In New Jersey, it's called form number NJSR1. It stands for New Jersey Self-Reporting Form 1. The police in an accident will take all information from all parties and write a crash report. At least from the, they'll take from the information of the parties the way they want, and they'll write it up depending on whose favor they decide to do it. A copy is made available after a few days. When picking up the crash report, make sure to ask for the code reader for that crash report. There are codes along the edges of the crash report, which you will not understand without the code reader. It's just numbers and boxes. And each one of those boxes means something. It's who was at fault, who was partially at fault, plus a lot of other things. Without the code reader, you will never be able to figure out what that is. So make sure you get the code reader. There is no charge for the code reader, but there's usually a charge for the crash report. Be aware that you should read the report very thoroughly as they are usually much valuable, crucial information and assumptions, conclusions that are not correct. When you find inaccuracies, ask the attending officer to make the corrections. In the event he refuses, ask that you want to attach an addendum to the crash report. Very often what you should do also when you arrive at an accident, and you you involved in an accident and happen to be at night, or if it was raining in New Jersey, the law is that if it's raining, you must have your headlights on and your windshield wipers on. You may come to an accident that happened to be with slippery, and the other car did not have his lights on, or didn't have his wipers on, or at least he didn't have his lights on. So that's called contributory negligence. And you could make sure, and in New Jersey, a person in the car or a pedestrian, anybody, can give the other driver a ticket. There is no problem. It used to be you could give a ticket also to an officer, but that they've eliminated pretty. You have to go to a judge, etc. But you can issue a summons. Summonses must be issued within 30 days of when the incident happened. You issue, you go down to the police department, 
you have it done over there, they will deliver it to the person, but make sure it's done before 30 days. Now let's address a little bit about uh, strawberries, blueberries, uh, sushi, etc., etc., and the, the pre-checked uh, vegetables, etc. Strawberries, the insects go underneath the little seeds. They're about half the size, that's rips, and that's where they hide. You could wash it, which I we've had people wash it with soap and water five, six, seven times, and uh, they there was still thrips left over there. One of the ways of being able to ascertain some thrips is you take a hair dryer and go uh, keep it a little bit of distance from the strawberry and start heating up the strawberry a little bit so the thrips feel a little bit uncomfortable. They'll come out because thrips like to hide. Anytime they feel that they're getting facing the light, they'll go underneath one of those seeds and they hide there. So once it gets warm a little bit, it gets uncomfortable, they'll come out. What others say when you check vegetables, put in salt or vinegar, really only works if the insect is alive. When it's dead, vinegar and salt doesn't bother. When it's alive, yes, it might come out a little bit when, they, when it's alive. Um, and uh, blueberries does have three types of insects. It has scale insect, which on the top, that's considerably easier to see if you know what you're looking for. It has uh, mites, which is on the side of the thing usually, very, very hard to see because they're also a lot of times translucent. And there's an um, insect sometimes in the inside, but that one is only usually it's a soft one, you'll have that kind of thing. So it is a problem eating blueberries. Strawberries, on the other hand, let me go back to it. If you take the strawberry, a nice, beautiful strawberry, cut off the green part, and then just peel the strawberry, which basically takes 10 to 15 seconds to peel a nice big strawberry. Once you have the thing peeled, you don't have to wash it or anything else like it. As long as you peeled off the outer skin, which has all the seeds on it, then you don't have any strips and you have nothing else on there. Uh, raspberries is impossible to check. Others want to do with air and everything else. It's baloney, the star cast, tried it, and they have did a much geek of this and that. But it's all, it's all basically um, hot air. It, does, it really doesn't work. Uh, story about dried figs. Dried figs are always infested. It, it's almost impossible to see because the seeds inside look exactly like it. You really have to be a big expert to be able to find it. And then even in fresh figs. So it depends if the bottom is a sealed bottom and it's a younger fig and a sealed bottom. Sometimes you'll find them clean. But if you don't know what you're looking for, don't bother with it. But if it's a little bit of uh, the bottom of it is slightly open, there's definitely insects in there and you'll really never be able to find them. We'll continue regarding Badikas Talam, uh, about these things, and which companies, etc., etc., and other podcasts. In the meantime, have a great job and a good Chodesh, and let's uh, wait to become a good Mashiach and Kol Torah.